Will we consume more and more technologies, or will those same revolutionary technologies consume us? Please join me on this episodic podcast journey that I'm hoping will help us make smarter choices on how technology will impact and arguably change our lives. I'm beginning this podcast at the early stages of the world pandemic of the coronavirus, COVID-19. While it's surely not what I thought my first episode would be about, it does bring to light how the application of new digital technologies might be used to test, diagnose, and treat the virus, and in a whole different area, best enable the remote worker paradigm needed to keep businesses in operation. So let's look at a few ways that new digital technologies can help fight this pandemic. As I read and watch the news of this pandemic developing, I've got the same questions as you all have, and for the most part, not many answers. On the good news front, I'm now hearing about how the government and private businesses are partnering together to bring this latest and greatest testing, diagnostic, and ultimately treatment technologies to bear to address this world crisis. The one thing I am keen to hear from our scientific community is that our response to the pandemic must be data-driven. We need to learn more about the demographics of who's being infected, how, where they've been, and who else they've been in contact with, etc., in order to develop a focused approach to mitigate the effects of COVID-19 on our population worldwide. In my view, this data-driven approach is key to successfully combating this outbreak and, in turn, make decisions that affect our day-to-day lives. Without being guided by the data, we're otherwise driven by speculation, which can easily turn into fear and then panic. And as we all know, panic breeds panic. In my tenure as an IT professional, accumulating and analyzing data to be actionable is the bread and butter of many of the companies that I've worked with and for. But I can confidently say that to the degree that the data gathering part is not spot on in relation to the defined requirements, is to the same degree as the analysis and results will be askew. It's not an easy task to gather good data, and I've seen this part rushed many times in order to get to the much-needed results. I would argue that accumulating good data is the most important part in getting accurate and actionable results that will provide us the direction we need to defend against COVID-19. Let's hope it's done first correctly, and then quickly, to give us the action plan we need. Another key area of how technology can help in our efforts to thwart the spread of COVID-19 is in the dissemination of good, reliable, and actionable information to the public. In the past, there's been a real challenge in how we reach the world masses in a timely way. But in our digital age, we no longer have to rely on newspapers or phone calls or even the interpretation of the facts by some of the pundits on broadcast TV. We can publish the actual results and recommended action plans developed by scientists and other experts on official sites across the Internet. We can quickly reach millions of people much faster than we ever have before on the very devices that so many of us are tethered to on a seemingly minute-by-minute basis, our smartphones. After all, that's what the digital age we're living in is all about, how information is delivered, how it's consumed, and who consumes it. Let's use it. Let's benefit from the technologies we have in hand, literally, 
to mitigate this pandemic. In terms of information distribution channels, social media has certainly become a viable channel allowing us to both disseminate and react to information on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and many others. But in my view, the very thing these apps are good at is also their weakness. They are built to promote and often feed off of the interaction and collaboration and thoughts and ideas of others, which is their strength. The weakness is that, by design, they solicit input from anybody and everybody with a thought, an opinion, a platform, a viewpoint, without any filter as to how factful or truthful the post might be. And then they further feed from those posts, truthful or bogus, as others react, again, with no fact filter. While these media certainly provide for their intended purpose, I'm just not sure we should be consuming information as critical as, as the importance of how the world population responds to a pandemic from social media. Now, I realize that I have likely offended many by my view. I have friends that consume all of their news from social media, but I still maintain we should be getting critical information about a world pandemic from official and credible sources, not from public opinion. So technology can be a great weapon in how we thwart the attack of COVID-19, discovery, diagnosis, treatment, information dissemination, and other areas. We have the ability to gather good data and develop action plans that focus our attack response in the best possible way. In closing, I say, let's follow the scientific data. Let's not react or panic based on opinions or the latest media interpretation that's designed to increase circulation or viewing audience. Let's trust the science. Again, I apologize for the divergence to COVID-19 in my first episode of this podcast. I thought it important to mention the role of technology in combating this pandemic. I promise to get back to the main technology evolution and revolution topic of this podcast in the next episode. Until the next episode, I leave you with this thought. Take care of and be considerate of each other. Do the right thing as together we get through this.